Coming up in this special Universal Land and Sea episode, we are discussing Royal Caribbean's Enchantment of the Seas. From the Bob Varley Studio, this is the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 48 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect Royal Caribbean cruise or Universal Orlando vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. When did you develop a speech affectation? <laughs> Which speech affectation? Did I say that word right? Universal. I don't know. I've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, it goes in and out. Uh, all depends on the day. But hello, everyone. I am your host, Craig Williams, and I am joined at the table with uh, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And also special guest Pete Warner. Hey, everybody. Uh, not so special guest, but special in our hearts. Ow. Jenny Lynn Knox. Ow. Damn. Well, Ow. she's not really a sexist. She's not really special? <laughs> Is that what you were just about I to say? I'm not really sure what just I think happened. I came around with the specialness, but just not as a guest. She's usually here. Special and back on in our hearts, Jenny Lynn Knox. That's essentially what I said. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Back on the controls, producer Dustin West. Oh, jeez. Dustin T. West. Uh, so, yeah, this is the final day of our Universal Land and Sea experiences. We've covered all four of the Universal hotels, including Portofino Bay, uh, Hard Rock Hotel, Royal Pacific Resort, and Cabana Bay Beach Resort. And now we are getting to the sea portion of our uh, whole land and sea experience. So, for those of you who aren't that familiar with Universal or Royal Caribbean. Uh, They aren't owned by the same company. They are two independent sources. However, they have partnered up together to offer land and sea experiences where uh, you can start off or end your vacation with a Universal Orlando vacation, either three or four nights if you live in the United States or seven nights if you are an international guest, and then also pair that up with either a three, four, or seven-night cruise on a Royal Caribbean ship. Uh, Similar to how Disney Cruise Line and Disney World work together to make packages, uh, this is the universal option for this. And so these sailings typically only, well, not typically anymore, they only come out of Port Canaveral. In the past, it also ran out of Tampa, I believe, maybe Miami. You can still go out of Tampa. Not anymore. They changed it up in February. Oh, okay. So... February or March, when the last time we had a meeting with Chrissy that I attended to, they had just uh, switched it up. And so now you can get on the enchantment for three and four night sales, which go out for the three nights on Fridays and the four night leaves on a Monday. And that will take you to Coco Key, their private island in the Bahamas, as well as Nassau. And then you can also do the seven night cruise on the Freedom of the Seas, which Uh, That will sail out on a Sunday. And then occasionally in slow times and seasonal periods, they will have the Explorer of the Seas taking five, six, and nine nights. But I don't think I remember ever seeing that ship in any of the times that we've gone out of there. No, I haven't done the Exploring. They are claiming that it actually does happen. And uh, as I said, those all go out of Port Canaveral. And so you'll stay on site at one of the Universal Hotels. You have the choice of either Cabana Bay, Royal Pacific, and Hard Rock for 
all of those portofino is no longer included in this experience because apparently they had low booking numbers in the past so they just completely axed that availability so you have the other three day hotels and then with that in the entire package that you can book it uh, will also give you park to park tickets either two or three days of park to park tickets depending on how much time you have during your vacation with transfers to and from the port or back to the airport all depends on how you're coming in what you're doing first and how you're going out uh it, I think it's also very important to say that this is not something you book directly through Universal. This is something that you would book through Royal Caribbean, and then you can add on. Yeah, you book it through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Oh, yeah, that's that's actually the point. Uh, you book it through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, that's a good point. And our uh, Dreams Unlimited Travel's agents will make sure that everything is all put together nice and neat for you so you don't have to worry about anything that's a good point forget what i just said just book it through (laughs) dreams unlimited travel experts at helping you plan the perfect royal caribbean cruise and universal orlando vacation (laughs) so (laughs) i would say that was a good recovery no it wasn't (laughs) not so much no not really well i mean i've done it through Dreams Unlimited Travel, and it's been a fantastic time whenever I've done it. So. Well, you work for the company, so you're really not exactly unbiased. But, um, <laughs> knocking me down here. <laughs> hell, I'm going I'm to gonna hold your feet to the fire there, Gregory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anywho, uh, so this is an absolute wonderful package if you actually do want to throw on that cruise and get to experience a little bit of uh, Universal Orlando. Uh, For our experience that we did, we actually decided to do the four-night cruise on the Enchantment of the Seas. Uh, Just to get a flavor taste. Yeah, just to test it out. A three-night cruise, uh, they're they're great and all, but you can't really you're really busy with the one stop at coco key and then nassau the next day you don't get that one day at sea to really explore the ship so that was also very important and uh an integral part of our trip i don't think i used that right but uh no that's why we decided to go with the enchantment for night sailing because well pete also decided on that and we followed along he is the decider uh, the Enchantment of the Seas, it recently, as in in the past two years, replaced the Monarch of the Seas. Mm. The uh, Thank God for small favors. Yeah, and I'm sorry, can I just stop for a second? It always sorry. makes me think of Indiana Jones when Sala starts singing, I am the Monarch of the Sea. Okay, sorry. Wow, okay. <laughs> now, now it feels like a universal edition. Just random changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... The Enchantment of the Seas recently replaced the Monarch of the Seas in the past couple of years, and in the future, it will be getting replaced itself along with the Freedom of the Seas whenever uh, whenever the Oasis of the Seas comes in, and that will take oh, over that'll the be, seven uh, night sailing. That'll be November, November 2016. Yes. Uh, the uh, Oasis will begin berthing out of uh, Port Canaveral. And I forgot to write down what ship is replacing the Enchantment of the Seas. Oh, I know the answer to that too. Um, it's one of them doing runs out of Bayonne, New Jersey, right now, and I can't remember which one it is. But I will look it up in a couple seconds and get back. So, but, well, I'm sorry. So, which one is going to be doing the land sea moving forward? Well, there'll be two doing yeah. land sea. There'll be one ship replacing the uh, Enchantment that'll do the three and four. Okay. The Oasis is going to replace the Freedom uh, doing the seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and okay, Rhapsody of the Seas will be coming. You. Rhapsody's going out of Bayonne right now, out of New Jersey. And then these ships will go down to Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, But 
right now you can still do the enchantment. So let's talk about that. It was a ship that started sailing in 1997, and that's somewhat of an old time, but it went through a refurbishment in 2005. Uh, The Enchantment of the Seas is part of the Vision class. So the best way I would describe it is, in my opinion, it's just a little bit smaller than the Magic and the Wonder. That's how it feels for me on it. And uh, But it's not at the same time. It's not like you're in a sardine tin and you feel claustrophobic. Keep in mind, keep in mind, in 1997, when this ship was built, this was considered a superliner. This is in the same time frame as Disney was building their ships. Mm -hmm. They were considered state of the art. The Magic and the Wonder were considered state of the art when they were built. So it was in that time frame. Um, You know, of course, the Magic and the Wonder really redefined this class of cruising. Uh, Disney was the first to do majority balcony staterooms. That's not the case on this ship. Um, It was even less the case on the Monarch. And you know, the reason they got there's two things that happened when they had the monarch, just to give some yeah. history here. Uh, first of all, this program fell flat in its face with Universal and Royal Caribbean in large measure because the monarch was in such bad shape. Um, and eventually, they never stopped the Land Sea program, they just stopped promoting it mm-hmm. because it was embarrassing. Dream stopped selling it because it was so bad. Um, and I would not, I was, the reason that I wanted to do this land sea experience was I wasn't going to start selling it and promoting it on the site unless I went and did it myself and saw with my own eyes, what kind of condition this ship is in. Uh, my, the bulk of my experience with Royal Caribbean has been on their larger ships. I've been on the freedom of the seas. I've been on the oasis of the seas. Uh, multiple times on those ships. So this is a smaller one. And I went in, you know, with a lot of trepidation. But the um, when this was built, this was, you know, this was considered, you know, a superliner holding, I got the passenger load, I think it's 2,500 um, or about thereabouts, not including crew. Um, so, you know, it's on the, it's on the order of what you get with the magic and the wonder. I think it's a little bit smaller in terms of its gross tonnage, but very similar in terms of size. Tonnage is 81,000 passengers, 2,730 with a 840 crew. If anyone was wondering on those. Yeah, I was now keep in mind too, that, uh, that's, uh, that's actually a low ratio of, Mm -hmm. uh, crew to, uh, crew to guest. Um, and, uh, other ships have higher ratios. They have more crew. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think uh, Oasis, I think, holds, well, I think the Oasis is 9,000 total and 6,000 passengers, th- uh, 3,000 crews. That's a one to three ratio as well. So, um, But, yeah, that's something else about the enchantment that should be mentioned. Um, the enchantment, when it went in for its 2005 rehab, I'm pretty sure it was the enchantment and not the uh, jewel. Um, that was they literally sliced this ship down the middle yeah, it was, and added. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a 70 foot block into the middle of it to expand the number of staterooms and expand uh, the centrum. Um, and this was planned to be done fleet wide. That Univer- or, uh, Royal Caribbean thought this was a great way to, 
you know, really kind of up their game in terms of rehab. We're not just going to up, update things, but we're going to actually add to the ship. It became so prohibitively expensive to do it. Yeah. The enchantment was the only one they did it on. Hmm. So the plans to do it fleet-wide were scrapped. But this ship is roughly 70 feet longer than it was yeah. when it was uh, when it was built. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, and uh, just based on first impressions of the entire ship whenever we got on in the entire process. First off, uh, to get on the ship, we went through the brand-new Royal Caribbean terminal that's built to help bring the Oasis in that's much right. larger. And, much uh, larger, but uh, uh, sterile is yeah. the word I would use to describe this this port. White. Mm-hmm. No artwork. <laughs> um, it was almost... I, I, w- I would almost say it, w- it felt like a hospital, but I think hospitals are decorated better. Yeah. 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 Um, it was just a bunch of like flat screen TVs that like gave you minority report retinal scans and said, welcome, Dustin West. Yeah. <laughs> Proceed to the promenade. It was, it was very barren. Yeah. But I got to say, it was one of the easiest processes of getting on a ship because it was so much larger. I felt like there was a lot less waiting in line. But for me, I've done more Royal Caribbean cruises than Disney, so... I'm higher status on there, so I got to go through the nicer lines, not the ones you get to go in. No. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not higher status at all, and it was an extremely quick process. I mean, yeah. no. I finished almost in the amount of time that you guys finished. Yeah, we only waited for you for like a minute. This even. is well. This is a this is a truth of all cruise lines, <laughs> not just Royal Caribbean or Disney. Um, in ports where they are established year round, Port Canaveral, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, things like that. The embarkation process, the check-in process, tends to be very smooth, Mm -hmm. very quick, generally speaking. Um, When they are going out of foreign ports, ports where they are not berthed year-round, like Barcelona and uh, uh, Seattle or Vancouver on the Alaska runs, it is a much different experience. And I'll give you – I was staying in in an owner's suite, which is remarkably affordable – on this ship for a four-night cruise. The price on it was, like, ridiculous. It's a decent-sized suite, but it's concierge. And we went, you know, we had a special area where we could check in, and we did that, and it was very quick. And then the concierge himself came down and escorted us onto the ship, which I thought, wow, this is really nice. Got us set up. He was magnificent. I think his name was Felix. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was fantastic for the entire cruise. Yeah. Um, by contrast, in Alaska, we were also in an owner's suite in a similar class of ship. Um, no, no concierge check-in, no concierge taking us onto the ship. As a matter of fact, we didn't meet the concierge until the second or third day of the cruise. Wow. Whereas Felix not only came down and brought us onto the ship, and got us set up. Later on in the afternoon, he came back to our room, check on us, make sure everything's okay. Do we need anything? This other guy on the jewel, I, like I said, I wouldn't have known him if I've tripped over his dead body. Oh, yeah. oh we met Felix on the first day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> say, I remember meeting so. that. Guy. And and you know, so by you know by by points, uh, Felix got a very very nice tip, whereas the dude on the jewel didn't get anything. Um, That's a good point, though. Getting onto the ship right away. It doesn't look too uh, unfamiliar if you've ever been on a Royal Caribbean cruise before, except it is more shaped around that same type of uh, atrium as you walk in. And that main 
greeting area, whereas on the larger ships like the Freedom of the Seas and the Oasis class ships, it's like you walk in and it's a giant mall. Well, you walk in that. on those ships, on the larger ships, the, yes. uh, the Freedom class ships and the Oasis class ships, as well as even the Voyager class, you, you embark into the promenade. Yes. Um, whereas there is no promenade on the uh, on the enchantment yeah. uh, it is they call it the centrum and this yes. is uh, on on this class of ship and what is this class of ship the enchantment the, the vision the vision, the vision class. class and the radiance class both both use the centrum the way you can tell the difference a radiance class ship is the one that has the bump on the outside oh, okay. when you see that circular bump on the outside that's actually an elevator bank oh and it's really disturbing because the uh, the jewel is an, is a, is a, a yeah it's radiance the class and when you're on that elevator, it's really it's the, bizarre. It's, it's the only ship I've ever been on that had open glass elevators that face the ocean or like face the outside of the ship. Most of them point in toward like the atrium oh, yeah. or the centrum. This you're, it's really weird to be, but that's that's a different class yeah. of ship, so it doesn't matter. Kind of neat, uh, but not but, much difference. There's not yeah. a lot of difference between the vision class and the radiance class. And I, I think we noticed it from this cruise. That immediately when we walked on the ship, for most part, the the crew seemed to be extremely nice and friendly. Uh, okay, well, I, I maybe from, for you. From um, what I noticed, I I thought in general the crew was okay. Uh, I remember, you know, and I've noticed this now twice on Royal Caribbean um, during the muster drill. For those who are not familiar with cruising. Uh, maritime law requires that before a ship sets sail that there is what's known as a muster drill you go to your assigned assembly station your emergency station in the event the ship's going down this is where you're supposed to go to board your lifeboat and they want you to know where that is and they want you to know the procedures of putting on your life vest and all this other good stuff so a muster drill happens on every single cruise sailing out of any u.s port any any port, really. Um, and if it doesn't happen, you're on a bad cruise line. <laughs> and so what happens is, is you know, every, you know, everybody lines up in their area. And then there are crew members who are kind of directing what's going on, telling you where to stand and what to do. One of the things they do not want you doing is they do not want you fidgeting around with your phone. They ask you to put your phone away. Uh, and they ask you to be quiet so that you can hear what's going on. They don't want you talking to the people around you. You just kind of hang out. And perfectly fine with all that. The problem was we had a guy who was apparently in entertainment um, who was screaming. I mean, literally screaming at guests and then yelling at them that I have to sing later on tonight. No. I'm like, yes. Oh, hand to God. On my father's soul. I swear to God. That's what the man said. I have to sing later on tonight. And, you know, the th- thought that ran, th- you know, I'm a sarcastic bastard that I am, the thought that runs through my head is, oh, well, the, what, what would happen if the world was deprived of your melodic, <laughs> melodic tunes? Um, and, you know, I, and I noticed, I noticed with the, with almost the sole exception of the casino, I noticed that the crew on the ship, in my opinion, was between okay and disengaged hmm. and I saw the same thing on the jewel I saw the same actually it was worse on the jewel yeah going to Alaska it was worse but by contrast what I experienced on the larger ships the freedom and the oasis mm-hmm. 
And I've said this before, there's not a lot of daylight between the level of service I was getting on those ships and what I get on Disney. Absolutely, especially the Oasis. Especially the Oasis. So I don't know where the disconnect is with Royal Caribbean, but I think it is important for this audience, for me anyway, to say, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm not saying anybody's wrong, but it's important for me going into this discussion. As much as I want to sell this cruise uh, from a business standpoint, it's important that I'm honest. Um, that people go in with their expectations managed. This is not Disney. And there are places on this ship that you will say to yourself, okay, I understand why Disney is more expensive. This is a much less expensive cruise, and there's a reason for it. Beyond the beyond the ship itself not being up to Disney standard, we're talking well, about... Well, I don't think the ship itself was not up to, quote-unquote, uh, service was okay. not up to Disney standard. Well, I thought the ship was beautiful, actually. Well, talking about the service, do you think it's possible that... You know, these guys are the the folks that work on this ship are on a quote unquote lesser sailing, and maybe there's not as much excitement from the crew or the guests, and that just no. This all comes from management. This all comes from who is running the ship Mm -hmm. and shoreside. Okay, at the end of the day, the 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 state of mind of the crew is the responsibility of one man, and no, it's not the captain; it's the hotel director. And when you have a crew that is disengaged and rude, you have a bad hotel director. Now, there's a bad hotel director on the Jewel. I'm going to say there's a hotel director on the Enchantment that needs a talking to. Um, because I, you, you simply, there is no scenario where you scream at a guest. None. Period. I watched it happen. Yeah. More than once. More than once during that mustard drill, I watched this guy scream at guests. Uh you look at the reviews online. I'm not the only one who thinks this. I'm not the only one who thinks there's a service issue on this ship. And after doing the jewel just a month later, I saw some, I saw some common threads. So, so obviously there is a disconnect between these smaller ships and how they're run and what the expectation for the guest experience is versus the larger ships. Now, and I, you know, I have no, I, I'm not as plugged into the business of Royal Caribbean as I am to Disney, so I can't even speculate as to what the reason for that is. All I can say is, based on my experience, <coughs> I see a huge difference between the level of service on these smaller ships and the level of service on the larger ones. That being said, that being said, it was not atrocious. It was not horrible. We had a great stateroom host. We had a great concierge. Um, I really liked the restaurant the, guy. The rest yeah, of the, 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 the main dining room great. blew me away. And that's where a lot of our engagement with the actual crew members were was the restaurants. Because then we even did later on in the cruise, we did a uh, buffet the, the with tour. a galley tour. Yeah. And I mean, they were all wonderful. And I know Rhino and our stateroom attendant was almost annoyingly good yeah. with <laughs> us. Uh, Hello, Rhino and Craig. We, we, hi Abraham. Oh, you having a great night? Yeah. Yeah. It, okay, Abraham. I saw you two minutes ago. It got obnoxious <laughs> at points of how friendly he was for us. So great. But guy. I mean, we we spent a lot of time more doing activities around that didn't necessarily have crew members around all the time. So I, I want to say our focus was very much less interactive with everyone around us. So uh, my my opinion of it wasn't that bad but i didn't i didn't meet as many of the crew as you did so well again you know look 
be honest, for Dustin and I, most of our experience was in the casino. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. That Royal Caribbean runs a great casino. They run a great casino. And the, the, the folks working in there were absolutely wonderful. And I think it says a lot that, you know, of all the Royal Caribbean casino uh, um, crew members that I've run into, the jewel that we were just on to Alaska was the least impressive staff in the casino that yes. we have. And it yes. says a lot that they were still really good. Well, they were, some of them were really yeah. good. Some of them, you know, were perfectly acceptable. But you know what? When you're dealing with a blackjack dealer or a Texas Hold'em dealer, you know, personality is important. These guys work on tips. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was, I think there was like a, a personality extraction that took place with a few of them before the sailing. Right. And one of them was just downright nasty. And I got him in trouble because I didn't like the way he talked. But we did not have that experience on the enchantment not at, at all. all. The enchantment, I thought, wonderful. you know, the casinos are small, but the staff I thought was wonderful. Well, that's a perfect time to, with talking about the casino, let's talk about some of the features that this ship does have. It does have a casino. Uh, it's... It's a Royal Caribbean ship. It's a cruise ship. It's loaded with bars. It has eight different bars all around. A lot of the standard ones that you'll find on any Royal Caribbean ship. So the Viking Crown Lounge will be at the top of the 11th deck. Uh, Speaking of, there's 11 decks on this ship. And you have your (laughs) standard schooner bar and the uh, Boleros and the island the island bar and the Oasis bar. All of that. Uh, So there's never... A uh, place to not get a drink, essentially, on this ship if you're walking around. Uh, in terms of dining, there's not as many options as if you were going on the Freedom of the Seas or the Oasis. In terms of uh, the main dining room, you only have one, the My Fair Lady, uh, with the scariest statue in the world ever there dining room. There is the room. My Fair Lady dining room, yeah. <laughs> and you... <laughs> I, I Usually, when you see a theme to a main dining room on a cruise ship, you kind of get where they're coming from. You kind of get what they're going for on this one. I think they just had some demented queen coming up with an idea. <laughs> Let's do the My Fair Lady dining room. And there is this like really bizarre, creepy-ass statue. Well, and yeah. I told you, and no one believed me. How that, <laughs> you had to go look at it in the eyes, and then the eyes would follow you. Yeah, and that was <laughs> really the only thing that tied it into My Fair Lady. Other, I mean, oh, otherwise, yeah. it was just a really pretty yeah. dining room. Versus, um, uh, what's the one that goes on our Hawaiian cruise? Um, the the ship, the ship, the, the Pride of the Pride, yeah, of, Pride America. of America for Norwegian is uh, they have like this uh, dining room that's themed around all the presidents of the United States, and they have busts and, and flags. Well, the whole thing is yeah. Americana is the overall theme of the of the of the ship. Yeah, and so the you know the Jefferson dining room makes sense, and you know those other common areas. You know, I think it was the Samuel Adams, the Sam Adams coffee bar. <laughs> um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson coffee. But bar. that was that was that was a that was a, a, a main dining room in a similar class ship that really beefed up their theming in terms of the restaurant whereas this like but you that said that theme was carried throughout the yeah. ship this was not the My Fair Lady no. show and the, um, the theme was weak however we had except for really one night where I think we were kind of like met with the food every night we really enjoyed our meals well what and we've noticed this now uh, on the enchantment and the and, and on, on the jewel Chops is their steakhouse. Hmm. Yes. And now Chops on the 
Freedom and Chops on the Oasis. Phenomenal. My God, it's such a good experience. It was not that on this ship yeah. or on the Jewel. As a matter of fact, I think Dustin nailed it on the Jewel. They're freezing these steaks and they're they're cooking them. And yeah. you can tell when you've cooked a frozen steak, it gets really kind of mushy on the yeah. inside. And it's, oh. Yeah, I had a similar experience on both ships. Yeah. Oh, and no, I would almost equivalent our chops experience to our. Did you just say equivalent? Equi- I did. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I did. I no, would equivalent. I would. I want somebody. I want somebody who's a fan of this particular <laughs> uh, this particular episode of the Diz Unplugged to start keeping a running tally of Craig's words that he makes up. You could <laughs> say parallel. There's an, there's like three of them, at least three of them each episode. Yeah, well, I, I try to make up new words as we always need more things added to a dictionary. But I would say our experience at Chops was very similar to our experience at the Palm whenever we ate there yeah. at uh, and the Hard Rock Hotel. Oh no, I the, thought no, the Palm, the Palm was definitely better. Oh, than definitely Chops. better. But we had the same issue almost in that the actual steaks that came out were you know not up to level, but the side dishes and were always understand. Good. This is a thirty-five dollar per person premium charge. Uh, to eat at Chops. Um, this is where Royal Caribbean bothers me, is the nickel and diming. Yeah, you are paying a lot less for your stateroom than you would on Disney, no question. But there's a lot of nickel and diming that goes on. And, for example, at dinner, if you want a Coke and you're not on a dining plan or a, a drink plan, you're going to pay for that Coke. Yeah. Uh, there are no free sodas on Royal yeah. Caribbean. Yeah, you Unless get- you are paying for... The refillable mug, or if you're on the the the, the beverage plan, pa- you can get you can get yeah. tea, lemonade, and and water. Basically, one of the other things I wanted to mention is not only is chops the steakhouse a charge itself in the regular dining uh, room. Uh, that's free for everybody that's on board. Uh, they do have items on that menu that come from chops that you can pay separately yes. for, which I also think. Is okay. Why isn't the steak good enough on the regular menu to begin with? I, you know, and it's unnecessary because I, I really, except with the exception of one meal, we enjoyed every single yeah. meal we had in the dining room more than we did at Chops. Yeah, uh, we had. I mean, it also helped that we had uh, phenomenal servers. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say it. they really they were the servers were yeah, amazing. They really built that experience. So also, I, mean, I, I have to tell you that. You know, because we ate in Chops, I think it was the first night or the second, second night. Um, and then subsequently ate in the main dining room. And when I'm saying to myself, okay, the dinner I'm getting in the main dining room is better than the dinner I was served in Chops. Uh, that's, that's saying something. I thought the food in the main dining room was, I'm not going to use words like superb, but I'm going to say it was good. It was absolutely good and better than... Yeah. I've had on a lot of other ships. It exceeded um, your expectations. I remember you being shocked at how much you were enjoying your meals. Yeah, I was stunned because I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. But I had a bad experience on the Oasis with their main dining room. Um, and had someone tell me, someone from Royal Caribbean tell me, we intentionally make the food in the main dining room bad, so you're going to want to do the... Uh, Chops? The, the, the signature well, restaurants. Well, on the Oasis, there's more oh. than one. Yeah, they don't have that many options um, on this particular sale. So, they, yeah, they have to make sure that... Um, there's not a riot on their hands. <laughs> and this wasn't. This absolutely wasn't the case, because on the galley tour, uh, we could see that their their kitchen was phenomenal. The mm-hmm. way they were working, uh, 
getting food that was freshly prepared from them as part of the the uh, brunch that we had with free mimosas that I think Rhino maybe had like seven thirty mimosas, yeah. <laughs> uh, just way too much. But then we also There's got an old to lady meet. pounding it back with me too. There was <laughs> I pretend like I was. Uh, oh, I but, just love that little. Yeah. Lady. Don't call Jenny Lynn an old lady. <laughs> no. we, we did get to meet the head chef. This is part a really rough episode for me <laughs> yeah. here, guys. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> but the head chef came out and he spoke multiple times, and uh, he he was very militaristic. Making up another one, unless that's actually no militaristic is a, okay. is a, is he a was, word. He was very militaristic with how he spoke and how you could tell he was running things. And the only thing that worries me is he was saying that he was about to leave the enchantment and he was taking a break and then going on another ship. So oh, I hope yeah. the food doesn't suffer because of that. But as of when we went on, that head chef was actually running things perfectly. And you will hear them on, and Disney does this as well, and I heard it on Royal Caribbean, that our food is plated to order. Plated to order. And this is, you know, and that says, oh, oh, that sounds good. That sounds being plated to order. It's not being cooked to order. Okay? Because that's really what you want. You really want your food yeah. cooked to order. It means that most of it was prepared in advance, and we're not putting it on a plate until you ask for it. So that, you know, that's always cracked me up, that, that, that little word play. I was going to say, I didn't understand what you said when you said plated, plated to, to order. order. Yeah. Or all our meals are plated to order. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, that's, no, <laughs> no, of course. I would hope that's, so. I would, that's <laughs> that, what is that you, supposed to be I know, special? I know. That's that you put it on the, the idea, you, isn't it? You put it on the plate when I order it, and that I'm supposed to feel like, ooh, this is luxury? <laughs> no, if you want to impress me, cook it to order. But <laughs> you can't do that when you're, when you're feeding a thousand people at once. Yeah. You can't. Um, it is it is a catering operation. It is not a restaurant. And I think yeah. people need to keep that in mind. And this is all cruise ships, not just Royal Caribbean. This is a catering operation. Now, when you go into Chops or when you go into Palo or you go into any of the specialty restaurants, then, yes, it is being cooked to order. And that's why there's a premium, allegedly, for those restaurants. But <clears throat> now I just want Palo. But, I know. Uh, so also dining options, Windjammer Cafe, that is the buffet. Uh, I, don't think I, we, I don't think we went up there. Yeah, we, did, went, did we? yeah. we went I the first once. day, I think, when we got on the boat. I went there a couple times. It, I mean, it's got all throughout the day. It's, it has your hamburgers, your hot dogs, uh, some pasta choices, some weirder Indian choices as well. Um, salad. salad. A lot salad of times it changes and, every day. There's, yeah. there's some staples that are always there, but then every day at least some part of it changes. And they'll do they'll do Italian one day. They'll do curry and Indian-inspired yeah. food one day. Uh, they'll do Americana food one day. So, Am I going to get mixed up? The Windjammer is the bigger one, or is it the one on the side? You the Windjammer is uh, – all the Royal Caribbean ships have the Windjammer. That's their okay. buffet restaurant. I was getting it confused with the other one, the, the smaller one. No, okay. you're sorry. You're talking about in the back in the solarium. Yeah, Park yeah, Cafe. yeah. That's okay. just. I always get the two. Park Cafe up. was recently added. It's one of the most popular places to uh, get food at on the Oasis, at least from whenever we went on. Uh, that's in their Central Park area. Just small sandwiches and freshly yeah. usually, made salads. Usually and, healthier options. Yeah. This yeah. is uh, the Park Cafe and. The addition of chops and a few other things are part of what they call uh, an, an oasis overlay that has been done on many, is being done ultimately on all the ships in the fleet. I don't know if they've completed all of them, but this ship definitely has part of the o oasis overlay. And they continue to add things, things that they see work 
on other ships in their fleet, they will, you know, figure out a way to bring those into uh, uh, bring bring yep. those onto the rest of the ships. So that's part of what they did here. Park Cafe is in the adults only area yes. in the solarium, and they had a uh, panini press. It was good. They do. They made really good. I'm telling you, for grab and go. It was really good, healthy options. Yeah, that's if, what the salad bar was. That's what, I'm sorry, that's the salad bar I was talking about before. Yeah. Well, it's not a salad bar, though. It's, it's, a, it's more it's, like a it's deli a, like a counter. Station? Yeah, know, because the salad bar, you make it yourself. This, they have oh, a person okay, yeah, who will the, toss your salad. Yeah. Excuse me? Okay. Just shut up. <laughs> Go Come ahead. On. And where Windjammer is, where Windjammer is a true uh, buffet yeah. restaurant. And Windjammer is on... All Royal Caribbean ships. It doesn't matter which ship you're on. Every one of them has a windjammer. Yeah. And uh, we were actually kind of impressed with the windjammer on the Jewel. On the Jewel, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, mean, I am having trouble recollecting. I, th- I think if I went to windjammer on the Enchantment, I maybe went once. It was the first day, right, when we got on the ship. Yeah. That was it. I mean, it just we had so many better dining options around a around the ship that we just didn't have yeah. to go there. One of the things that I remember the enchantment lacking was the options of, you know, food at all hours. You know, if you don't have, yeah. if you don't yeah. make it in the wind jammer hours and you don't want to go to a big fancy, you know, dinner, it's not like on the Oasis, they have the pizza place. They have a place where you can always just get a hot dog or a hamburger or something like that. And Disney has that kind of thing too. Um, this, I think, there's one location that is open all, oh, no, all day no, no. round. Disney, Disney has, I mean, 24-hour room service, but um, you can't go up on deck and get a hamburger or two in the morning. Um, I mean, you can do that on the Oasis. You can yeah. go down to the pizza parlor and, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. get something 24 hours. But that's, a, that's an anomaly on okay. almost all cruises. Uh, you can, I mean, and you, we could order food from room service on the, on the Enchantment. Um, and I don't, I don't think we did. No. Uh, but that's about the only way past a certain time yeah. um, that you're going to get 24-hour food. So that's the main dining options. And then uh, in terms of other things to do on the ship, there is the spa that's also located in the solarium. And that's where the, the fitness center is. Did you use the spa on this um, trip? I got... Uh, a haircut, right? I got you a got haircut, haircut and I did the shaven facial okay. that I always yeah. do. And uh, it was, you know, it was a really nice spot. Again, um, we were talking about Portofino Bay and, and uh, the Mandara Spa, which is an Elemis Spa. This is also an Elemis Spa. So, you know, the product is really first rate. I mean, it's first rate product. And if you're a guy and you want just a great, pampering experience on a cruise and you don't feel like going the route of the massage or the facial or any of that, any of that they have a, 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 a product or a, a service called the gentleman shave and facial where they will you know actually do the shave they don't they don't use a straight razor they use a regular you know razor and they use all elemis product which is what i use like here at home um the shave oil is incredible um, they'll do a light facial, so it's not you know you know no cucumbers on the eyes. Um, although that feels so nice when they do that, um, but it's the it's the hand and scalp massage that will just turn you into a big pile of mush. Uh, it's incredible. It's a great service. It's very consistent across all Elemis spas at sea. 
This is one of the things I was talking about with the Portofino yeah. show. They can't do um, on land and on the pride of America, they couldn't do it because it was always in American waters because uh, b b under U.S. law, you have to have a barber's license in order to do a shave. And so these girls working in these spas don't have a, a aren't licensed barbers yeah. in the United States, nor are they going to send them to school to do it just to do one treatment. So, um, but on, on these ships, you can get them done. I highly recommend it. It's a really nice way to pamper yourself. Let somebody else shave you. Um, I mean, not shear you down like a, like a lamb, but, um, <laughs> you know, get a shave and a facial and a nice <laughs> hand and scalp massage. And yeah. you're a happy guy. I know that's like, it's like my, one of the first things I do. I thought the spa was beautiful. I thought it was, it's a smaller spa, but really well put together very very comfortable really well appointed great staff i think it was two levels wasn't it like the gym was upstairs and or am i thinking of the yes. gym? yeah it is yes okay. yeah and nice size gym yeah, yeah and nice i got size gym for a smaller show. i got a tie poultice treatment there which is just a massage with a big sack of tea leaves mm -hmm. in it that they rub on your back which is ooh, magic don't um, they beat you with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh you know it, it was really good um it, it wasn't the best I ever had, but that's. I think it's just more the person who was giving yeah. it to me than a, a statement on the spa itself. I thought the spa was uh, was was really really good. And I got a haircut as well mm -hmm. by this big Russian woman who was like, "You want a haircut? <laughs> yes, <Welcome>. please." <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, in terms of pools, because a lot of people like to spend their time on these cruises. Just laying around the pool, you have one in the solarium, the adults only section. Uh, which is never super crowded, but good for adults. It, if you can stand being in the heat inside the solarium, because yeah. it's always 100 degrees in there because it's enclosed with glass. If there's nobody in that pool, guaranteed the hot tubs are still filled up with exactly. adults. Yeah, and then you have two pools on the top deck that are just swarmed with kids and people boozing. Because uh, this is essentially the three and four night sailings uh, with their price point. It attracts a lot of you know, young adults, it's a and very, it's a booze well, cruise almost. It, well, I'm, I won't go that far that it's a booze cruise, but it does. It, it, I did notice a, a very uh, diverse uh, clientele, mm -hmm. ranging from families with small kids to couples with no kids to... You know the single college age type folks yeah. Yeah. to older couples. So there was a lot of different demographics being represented. This is where this was the first indication I had that this may not be the most family friendly yeah. ship. Hanging out on deck, waiting for our room to be ready. You know there was a smoking area up on deck, and that's where Dustin and I were, and we're listening to the music that's being played. And the number of times the F-bomb was dropped in the music being played on this ship. And there are eight-year-olds running around. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Is this music not vetted? And you're asking Universal to partner with you, or Universal's asking you to partner with them. And Universal, you know, whoever they want their demographic to be, the bottom line is, if in this town... If you're not appealing to families, you're not going to do well. So Universal putting people on this ship, you're putting families on this ship, and I think families need to go in with their expectations managed. Absolutely. Um, you are likely to hear language being played on deck 
in terms from music that you may not want your kids to hear. And again, you know, I want in the worst way to be able to sell these Lancy packages. I really do. Um, and there's that part of me that says, okay, keep some of this stuff quiet and push the other stuff, but I can't do that. Oh, yeah, no. The outdoor um, movie was like rated R movies too some night. Yeah. Like yeah. It was showing American Sniper. And yes, yes American Sniper. I, I think the was ship. the other one. And so, we're the Millers. Yeah, we're the Millers. The, yeah. You know, and then I think it's also important to mention the Kids Club or lack oh. thereof. <laughs> Um, basically, the kids' club are two empty rooms with a whiteboard and a couple of Wii's, uh, Wii video game systems, um, and it was absolutely pathetic. Clearly, there is no focus on this ship for children. So, if you are going on this ship with kids that would normally go into the Oceaneers Club or the Oceaneers Lab on a Disney ship, don't expect your kids to want to stay in these areas for. Don't even very bother long. putting them there. Um, that's not to say they won't have a great time in the pool. They may come back with uh, uh, some vocabulary that, you know, <laughs> will surprise you. Um, I just heard T-Pain's new song. <laughs> and, you know, these were some of the things I noticed that said to me, okay, I cannot in good conscience come on the show and say this is a family-friendly cruise. Yeah. Um, it was a good cruise. I didn't have kids with me, though. If I did, I would have been Furious. Can I ask a, a question about the kids' club? Um, is it uh, is it uh, first come first serve, or is it an extra charge to put your kids up there? Um, Normally, it's not an extra charge unless it's uh, babies. Babies. Okay. Um, but I don't know about on this ship. It's complimentary. That's, that's the for same thing. It's uh, three and under. You have yeah. to pay for the nursery, and otherwise, it's, there's no charge. And the nursery was literally was smaller. Than this section of the studio that I'm sitting in. Yeah. Um, I'm not even counting the nook. I'm talking about this, which is hard for you guys to visualize, but it wasn't very big. Um, I think I saw four cribs in there. Um, it was Harry Potter's closet. It was Harry Potter's closet. Tiny. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, if your kids are on there, there still is plenty to do, like the pools. And then there's the standard Royal Caribbean rock climbing wall, which is always popular. There's uh, this like bungee trampoline system at the front of the ship. Uh, you could teach them how to play shuffleboard, uh, something that Rhino and I we did a lot a, because a we're aging and <laughs> getting to the shuffleboard years of our lives. Uh, so in terms of physical activities, there are other things for uh, kids to do. Ping pong as well. Uh, you know what else they of, had? They had, um, what? what's the thing that college kids play with the beanbags? Yeah, that's what I was just, um, cornhole. It was so windy one day that the giant wooden cornhole stand was blowing around and they were still <laughs> trying to play with it. Yeah. Oh, and look, these things are definitely nice. The rock climbing wall, the you know, all the other little things that Royal puts on their ships, those things are nice. They're not a replacement for a proper kids program. Exactly. If you are going on this ship with your children, go in knowing some of these facts that you are not going to get an enormous amount of support on the ship from staff in terms of helping do things with your kids. You are gonna have to figure out how to entertain them, whether that is at the pool or doing other things around the ship, but I would not go on to this ship expecting that kind of experience, and I certainly wouldn't go on this ship expecting anything close to what you get on Disney. Yeah, and all that even goes to uh, to the activities that run throughout the day on Disney ships, uh, especially this last podcast cruise on the Magic. I 
was able to time out everything perfectly, hit trivia, hit fun activities in the middle of the day. Uh, Jenny Lynn and I went to one trivia session and it was awful. Uh, it's just, it, the, those kind of adult activities with karaoke and trivia were just few and far between. And whenever you did show up to them, they were awful, just like the stupid show that they put on in the, uh, in the auditorium where they just do the greatest hits of Broadway musicals. Uh, oh, that's, entertainment. What that guy, that's what that guy was in. He was doing like a Grease song. Yeah. Entertainment on this ship is just not... Okay, well, I can do you one cool. better. On the Jewel, the cruise director was doing... A, I'm not kidding a cover of Neil Diamond songs. And he was like, he was like the headliner entertainment yeah. was the cruise director. He's the worst cruise director I've ever heard in my life. This guy sounded every time he would, you know, usually the cruise directors are really bubbly and up. Yeah. This guy sounded angry. <laughs> this was just like angry cruise director. And then we heard, because apparently his wife, his God. wife is on the ship too. She was and the activities director. She was the activities director, but she sings and not well. And it was like, yeah, Oh, when your cruise director has to be your headliner to do a cover of Neil Diamond songs, um, they had their own morning show too. <laughs> Make sure you're. Oh, they had, right, they had a morning. They did a morning show like this really, 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 really bad closed circuit cable access type morning show. <laughs> um, that I mean, our production values here are a zillion times higher than what they were yeah. doing on this ship. Well, uh, I think that essentially covers most of the the big things to see and do on the ship. So let's talk about the two days that you have off of the ship. The first one is. Well, do you want to talk about staterooms? Oh my god, we completely skipped over staterooms. Yeah, the didn't most we? important aspect of I any we cruise. I started it at the beginning. <laughs> No, uh, staterooms. My bad. I wondered when you were going to get to that. staterooms. I, I thought I, I did it right at the beginning, but I must have just went right over it. Staterooms. Uh, so we had three different types of staterooms, at least for our crews. Uh, we had a standard balcony room. Is that a veranda room? Mm-hmm. Sorry, couldn't think of the term for veranda. We had a standard veranda room. Uh, JL was on a lower deck in a porthole. Mm-hmm. It was an outside. An outside. JL had an outside stateroom. Uh, Rhino and Craig had the balcony stateroom. Yes. Dustin and I had the owner's suite. Yes. And... Why don't you start with your owner suite? Well, you know, I, I, I like the suites on, on Royal Ships, and I particularly like this one, too. Um, it's an unusual layout, but they're large. I want to say it's probably about 600 square feet, mm. not including the uh, not including the balcony, but a nice-sized balcony as well. Um, can sleep up to four people, um, depending on the configuration. <laughs> um, anytime you have... You know, you walk in, there's a king bed. They can split them. Uh, there's also a sofa that pulls out. Uh, but it was a nice L-shaped sofa, very yeah. comfortable sofa. Uh, table and chairs to seat four, so you could have a meal there mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Uh, in the as, as is customary in suites on pretty much all ships that I've been on, you can order from the main dining room in your room. Uh, so we could order from any of the, any of the dining rooms. Uh, we didn't, but we could have. Uh, the uh, bathrooms, the bathroom was very nice, very spacious, big walk-in shower, nice double sink, uh, toilet and bidet. This is something all the Royal Suites have. They have the toilet and the bidet, and the bidet just 
freaks me out. <laughs> it just freaks me there out. There was a lot of speculation among us of like how it should be used. I remember. <laughs> well, I can having... tell you how it should be used. I just don't want to say those words out loud. Um, you know, it's just, it's an uncomfortable conversation. I just, it's not okay. So look it up. If you want to know how a day is used, look it up and then see if you want to talk to people about it. You're not going to want to. But there's a bidet in there, um, which, okay, but it's better than the one that we had in in Paris in the hotel we were staying at, the Hilton Arc de Triomphe, I think it was. Yeah. And <laughs> you know the hose you have on your kitchen sink to like <laughs> spray down dishes? Right. Well, that was hanging off the back of the toilet. So you could literally like spray down your dishes. Like, spray, yeah, spray down the fruit basket. Um, it was like, ew! Oh, where has that been? I'm not touching that. That's disgusting. Craig um, is so stressed right now. Um, well, you can't. You look. I'm, I've, I've, I'm, I'm an eighth grader when it comes to that stuff. Uh, but the room, you know, bed I thought was fairly comfortable. Um, this is not by any stretch of the imagination, a comfortable bed in comparison to what we had on the Jewel. This was clouds. Clouds. Because <laughs> the Jewel, we were sleeping on a slab of concrete. It was a plank of wood. And uh, no, a plank of wood would have been more comfortable. <laughs> this was a slab of cold-ass concrete. But uh, I thought the bed was very comfortable. Our stateroom host was fantastic. And I felt the room was really well-maintained. Uh, you know, we talk about the last rehab of this ship being 2005 it's been 10 years now clearly it has been it has been refreshed and maintained these ships always go into dry dock roughly every 18 to 24 months to get cleaned up and you know pay and i found the ship to be in excellent shape yeah. I, I found our stateroom to be particularly in very very good shape and uh you know it does have a selection of of beers and sodas and water and stuff in the refrigerator. They're not free. You pay for them. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> One of the things that was also featured in this particular owner's suite uh, was a PlayStation 3 that we thought was broken. Yeah. Because it was the model of PlayStation 3 where the, uh, the LaserDisc Laser disc. Wow. <laughs> the the CD rack slides over, and we're like, "What is this busted PS3 doing in here? Did a guest leave it?" Turns out they're using that as their DVD players, at least in the suites. Yeah. And then you, if you're concierge and you're in the suites, you can ask for the controllers and games, oh, and they'll okay. provide for you. Oh, cool. I thought there was just somebody left behind a broken. It was PS3. just so out of place in there. It was just <laughs> yeah. It just was odd. Yeah. And I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> but really well appointed, very comfortable. Um, I like. I like the fact that, you know, depending on time of year, on a four-night cruise, you can grab this suite for about 2300 bucks for two people. Um, that's just ridiculous. That's just ridiculously mm -hmm. cheap. When you consider that on you Disney, know, on you Disney <laughs> you're going to pay at least double that, if not more. Um, you know, Disney's con Disney Cruise Line's concierge prices are just prohibitively expensive. But uh, also... You know, I, well, I'm not going to get into it, but uh, I and I found the concierge on this ship was excellent. Uh, lounge was in an actually kind of small. Um, sorry, um, lounge was kind of small. The lounge was up on deck, like twelve, 12. because it was above the crown and anchor lounge. It was really? above the crown and anchor lounge, 
And hold on, I'm sorry. And it had this weird ramp, like it circled around the bar of the Crown and Anchor Lounge. And then there were like three or four steps going up. So they had this separate, it wasn't wheelchair accessible except for the fact that they had this weird little one right. well, story. On one side, there's, yeah, there's, there's the, the Viking Crown Lounge, yeah. which anybody can go into. And then right up this like semicircular staircase going up to another platform. On one side, there's the Diamond Lounge, where if you're diamond or higher, you can go in there. And then next to that was the Concierge Lounge. And again, you know, Concierge had typical offerings. Um, you know, little hors d'oeuvres and little continental breakfast in the morning wasn't anything overly impressive. But it's also, you know, that's where the Concierge is located. And you can go talk to him and he'll help yeah. you out, like, with... Uh, you know, he got he arranged a, a cabana, such as it was, on Coco Key for us, uh, and some other things. Really took care of everything. Also expedited getting us off the ship, yeah, which was really nice. And so, uh, but people were complaining about like the diamond cra- the diamond lounge because it wasn't very big, and anytime they would go in there, they couldn't find a place to sit. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing in the concierge lounge because it was small. Anytime you went in there there was virtually no place to sit down so yeah. people would like take the food and, and leave but um, you know I will say that I thought the concierge on the ship was excellent and I thought the suite was a great deal for a nice big room you can kind of spread out and stretch out and I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it a great deal okay well JL you then had the smallest of the rooms so why don't we go with you next yeah I no, was, she's the smallest of us yeah <laughs> i was on deck two so down at the bottom and um it was it was a tiny room i was fine with that it was actually a good size for me um i f- would return to my room and i felt like everything was very quaint and cozy there was a nice little armchair in there for me to sit and read if i wanted to um my bed was not very comfortable but i basically returned back to my room so exhausted every day that it didn't matter I still slept fine but um and the bathroom well um I was very sick one night so I had a very intimate encounter with my (laughs) (laughs) with my bathroom but um um I wasn't what do you do when you're sick (laughs) she has intimacy with her bathroom I sit there and I hug the toilet um she could have used one of those bidet sprayers. You know? <laughs> oh, I, I just was peeking for one whole evening. But anyway, um, the shower was very tiny and a little bit claustrophobic. And that's actually something for me to say because I'm a tiny person. And so I don't normally feel that way. Um, I just felt like I wasn't much room to, you just kind of had to rotate. It makes yeah. it, it makes well, think well, of what John said. John, John described the experience in one of those showers once that it would have been easier for him to soap up the sides <laughs> and just spin around. That's kind of true. No, and I, the one thing I really don't like about the shower on this ship is that uh, it's only got the curtain. So it's the same design as the showers on the Oasis. But those have a sliding door, so that way at least you're a little better. But everyone knows if you have a if you're in a close proximity with the shower curtain, it, it always sucks you. into you, yeah. and then you're kind of trapped. And I wish these bathrooms, uh, it's the same for our room. I wish they were like Disney, where they have the split, yeah. you have the toilet in one, and then the shower in the other. 
it's not M- but... mine actually didn't have a shower curtain mine had a sliding door oh it did yeah but it made me feel like you know those tubes when you go through the drive-in at the bank and they had sucks yeah. up the... The, pneumatic, the pneumatic tubes i felt like i was showering in a pneumatic well, tube but you should have came up to ours and had the curtain sticking on your craig how was your uh, shower head height did it come up to your we had issues well, with our you, shower head. i mean with their showers though you can always pull it off and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. do all that jazz i know that's a common issue for you cut my yeah. finger on it there were a couple things that i wanted to point out to um family wise now i didn't take my children on this cruise so i didn't have that experience with them there but i was you know thinking about that while i was on the ship and there was a a few things that i think that families who are considering this cruise need to keep in mind just so as pete was saying you have your expectations in place um there is no fridge in these rooms but you um and for for a family i kind of feel like that's important there's times where moms with younger kids your kid is napping you can't just get up and leave the room to go get something you have to stay put um and it's nice to have snacks or you know little drinks there if you can't go anywhere um so i was kind of missing uh the fridge idea um there but there wasn't much room for something like that anyway. What I did find out is that fridges are available upon request, and they don't cost anything extra. You just have to um, notify somebody ahead of time, maybe um, if like if Dreams Unlimited is making your reservation, have it noted on your reservation that you want that, and they will put that in your room. Um, the other thing is, is there's at least in the room that I was in, there was no privacy curtain. And I'm not under the impression that there's any privacy curtains in the other rooms either. So, um, again, when you have multiple people in a room, uh, I think of, you know, for myself, I'm a mom. I have a 13-year-old son. He doesn't need to be seeing mom run around in underwear. So privacy curtains kind of come into play at that um, juncture. Um, since you're not going to have that on that cruise, maybe come with a robe or something else. to Whatever it is that you could use to maybe help preserve modesty in closed quarters. Um, the complimentary drinks option, we mentioned that they don't have sodas on free sodas on this uh, cruise. I actually found that to be a plus. See, so for like a, I know that not all families are this way, but with my children, I try to limit the amount of soda that they have. That's very difficult for me to do on a Disney cruise because it's right there and it's accessible. Um, and they know that it's point. free and they can get it whenever they want. So I become, I immediately become the bad guy when I'm like, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. At this one, it's not even an option. So I wouldn't have been asked that if they had wanted a soda, then, you know, that once in a while that I was, you know, willing to allow for it, then I could pay extra for that. But that, um, to me, that was a plus. That actually would have taken away a little bit of stress from the the, the issue of the you know, butting heads with my kids on that one. Hey, I know we're, I know we're running longer than usual and that's, that's okay. But while we're on the topic of, uh, drink, uh, the drink package type deal, I just wanted to briefly mention that I did the, uh, I did the premium, uh, drink package, which includes, uh, beer, wine and select, um, like liquor drinks, mixed drinks. Um, and I just wanted to throw it out there. If you were a beer drinker, you got to drink a lot to get your money's worth. I think on we this. figured out you had to drink at least nine or ten beers a day. Yeah, absolutely. To get your money's worth out of it, because beers are about six dollars, six fifty each, and the package runs around sixty dollars a day. So you got to do like ten or eleven. If you're wine or liquor all the, all day through, you're fine. It's worth it. Okay. Um, just wanted to mention that. Yeah, but just for beer. Yeah. yeah. It's, if you're just a beer drinker, then you know you got to you got to average you gotta that put out. Them back. <laughs> That's um, a lot. 
another thing I wanted to point out again for expectations, there's no communal laundry facility. So moms, dads, if you're planning on doing laundry in the middle of your cruise, you need to be prepared to pay your stateroom host to take care of that for you. You can't go down the hallway and do it yourself. No. And that's one of the things I have a problem with with Royal Caribbean. So they say it's for safety reasons, and that is just absolutely absurd. Yeah. This is because they want, again, the nickel and diming. They want you spending the money. You, you know, spend 350 to have a shirt laundered. Um, and I'm not really exaggerating there. It's I think it's $3.50 to have a shirt. That adds up right. quick. Um, so you just kind of need to be prepared, pack enough for every single day so that you don't have to deal with that on the cruise. And the last thing, we didn't touch on this actually, but I love this part about Royal Caribbean. It's possibly my favorite thing as a, well, in addition to the, the fact that you can get internet all day for one price rather than per minute or whatever it is. Um, the My Dining, My Time Dining. Um, I think that's an amazing way to handle meals for families because of the flexibility that it offers. And Craig, did you want to explain that? Or were we going to get into that? Well, the, my, explain it. The, my time, yeah. the My Time Dining is uh, actually, uh, one of the things Royal's really good at doing is when their competitors come up with a good idea that seems to be resonating, they're very good at usurping it. <laughs> um, and this was, uh, Norwegian was the first cruise line to come up with what they, what they call freestyle dining. You know, all over Norwegian ships, there are monitors that show all the restaurants and what the availability is. And you can just walk into any one of those restaurants. If it has availability, go sit down and eat. Um, not quite the same with Royal. Uh, my time dining, while you can walk up to the podium and ask to be seated, uh, depending on how busy the restaurant is, you may be told you have to wait. Uh, and they really encourage you to make a reservation. Mm -hmm. They would like you to make a reservation. We didn't, and we didn't have a problem. We were able to say, though, on our the one night to the Mater D that we wanted to come back here every night at eight o'clock and exactly. have the same table and the same team, and he set that up for us. But yeah, so it's it's very similar to Norwegian's freestyle, but there are some there are some differences. True, but I loved the fle the idea of the flexibility because especially with children, you can't always predict how your day is going to right, go. Right, exactly. And so the fact that there was the option, if you wanted to have that sit-down dining experience rather than going to Windjammers for the 10th time, um, you, you could, you know, your kid has a, an emotional breakdown, you need to eat dinner early, and you need to get to bed early. Well, if you're normally at second seating dining on, a you know, the Disney cruises or whatever, you're kind of tough out of luck with um royal caribbean you can go in and like you said you can say hey we want to eat now there may be a little bit of a wait but we never had one no. and um i would think especially if you're eating at earlier times it would maybe even be a little bit easier maybe i'm wrong on that but i loved that that was an option right. for families who might have something unpredictable happen during the day with their kids well back to our stateroom to finish all of that out uh we did of course have the balcony stateroom uh with the king bed that could split apart into two as much as rhino was trying to reverse that it wasn't happening um and this yeah because he just can't keep his hands off you he can i mean look at me jeez <laughs> uh so in terms of the beds like you and jenny lynn the beds aren't necessarily comfortable at all but they'll do uh especially for a three or four night cruise uh, not bad at all you can put up with it our stateroom also had uh, a nice couch which was very very inviting that you could come in and just relax on it and be looking out your stateroom uh 
your stateroom balcony and seeing the ocean as we are going by. Uh, we have already covered the bathrooms pretty much the same exact as Jenny Lynn's small toilet in the shower. Uh, you could basically probably use the toilet while you're showering if you're really good. Um, <laughs> very convenient. Uh, and then the well, other Craig likes to bathe in the toilet. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like pushes the water up. And- That's how I get this good looking. And uh, the one thing I do really want to point out that I really enjoy about Royal Caribbean uh, is that I, I like to have a TV while I'm going to sleep. And Royal Caribbean does not have good channels on there. So it's not like Disney where you have this vast library of Disney movies playing all the time and sports and just random things. Uh, there it's very limited on Royal, but they make their they put in Samsung TVs that are very easy to access with like a USB drive in the back. So you can load up some movies on that uh, and I think that'd be a good idea for anyone with kids too if they need that at night. Mm-hmm throw a bunch of movies on a USB drive, just plug it in the back TV, and then you have your own library to choose from. What do you need? Yeah. Dot a- I agree. You need great. AVIs, MPEGs, MOVs, WMI? Uh, I always use MP4s. There you go. So, just we simple. We had fun. We watched Saturday Night, Saturday yeah, we Night watched, Live yeah. Yeah. one evening. That was fun. Yeah. So, I... I enjoy these staterooms i think they're very comfortable uh they're not quite as big as the one on the freedom in the oasis for the balcony stateroom but i i never felt claustrophobic i them. didn't either no i thought it was nice i liked the balcony being able to sit out because the only other cruise i did was was more of the similar to jenny lynn style where there was no i couldn't see out of the ship or anything like that i have to tell you you guys for please don't underestimate the awesomeness of a balcony because I, that's just a, I love, especially when I have uh, kids with me to be able to kind of take that extra space, close the door and sit out there with the ocean breeze. I did struggle with that a little bit in my um, stateroom this time, not, not having access to that fresh air in my room. It got a little bit stuffy at times, but it helped with my motion sickness for sure. Cause I was able to like, when I was really feeling, I was able to step outside and it, it, sometimes if you can just see the motion while it's happening, mm-hmm. it, it helps with my like disconnect. Might I be have the difference it. of why you did okay. And why I was, well, I also took toilet. a crap load of Dramamine before <laughs> we left port and, and you, you didn't think you yeah. needed it, but I, that's going to be my recommendation takeaway from this is that even if you don't think you might, it might just be a good idea to just pop like one. That's the non-drowsy formula. Um, and they make an all natural one too. That's all ginger. Now I haven't tried it yet, but, um, it's, uh, it, the first night's always the fastest. So that's where the sea is going to be the roughest. Um, and so if you're even worried about it a little bit, that's my recommendation to you first night, at least. Well, it's also important to remember where staterooms are concerned on this ship that, uh, being that it was built in 1995, the standard for room sizes, was different then than it is now. And so these are these tend to run smaller on this ship than what you would be used to, let's say, even on the Wonder and the Magic. Uh, that being said, I didn't find them to be... You know, on Pride of America, those staterooms, those standard staterooms were tiny. I mean, they were like closets. Uh, this... I, I felt were at least a little more a, a little more spacious. Even even your room, I thought was I, okay, not unacceptable for no, one person. I, I wouldn't put great. a family of four in there. No, you couldn't put a family. Um, I mean, two two would absolutely be the limit. But um, in the room that I was in, but it still would have been fine. The only thing that I thought that was just a little bit too small, like I said, was my pneumatic tube of a shower, but. And, you know, also keep in mind there is a massive price difference between yeah. this ship and, and Disney. Uh, you will pay, it will be 30 to 60% less 
in some cases more on this ship over Disney. There are trade-offs for that. We've talked about some of the, mm-hmm. some of those things. There are trade-offs for that. But if it's, you know, look, for a lot of people, especially now, they look at Disney and they say, I'd love to, but I can't afford that. Um, and if you go in with your eyes open and understand what right. the pros and cons are, the pluses and minuses, um, you know, this is... Because I, I just want to say that for whatever issues I had here and there, um, I booked another cruise on this for myself. I'm ready to go back. I'd absolutely go back on that ship again. Um, if I had kids, I don't think I would. I'm just going to be honest. If I had kids, I think I would have been ripping somebody's throat out with between the kids, the kids club and the language in the music on the... On, well, on deck, and that even extends to the private island. One of your stops, Coco Key. It's if you've ever been to Castaway Key, uh, which is one of the most magical islands on Earth. Once you get to Coco Key, it's just sadness, kind of. <laughs> it's <thing>. sadness <laughs> island, and we had and we had a sadness cabana. Yeah. Now the when in December on the podcast cruise. In December on the podcast cruise. I was able to get a cabana for my my family. Um, I, it was actually my the day of my fiftieth birthday, and we got one of the cabanas on Castaway Key. And this is that difference in price that we talk about. And I forgot what that cabana cost, but it was like four hundred bucks for the day or five hundred bucks for the day. It was crazy. It was like oh my god, but it was incredible. And you had great service. Two concierge there coming up checking on you you needed something you needed a drink you needed food you had a little button you pressed and they showed up and it was incredible um so when i found out that you know we could get a cabana on uh coco, coco key. key and it was like a hundred and fifty dollars i'm like wow that's a really good deal and then i saw it and it was sadness cabana it really was it was like first of all there were ants everywhere mm-hmm. um you know, whereas on Disney, on, on Castaway Key, you have that private beach for the cabanas. Well, we had private rocks. Yeah. yeah. There was no beach. That you were not allowed to go out on. Why they would build these things by in, facing rocks, I have no idea. Because when you think about a cabana on a tropical island, you're not thinking, don't walk on the rocks. You're, trying, you're thinking, beach, I got a beach. And, nope. No, none of that was present. No power. Um, then we had... Yeah. We had the two D bags next to us yeah. who were like, you know, just these jocked up, doing hands, roided up, push doing handstands and push up. Oh yeah, look at me! <laughs> I'm Count like, back oh my god. Bridges. The only well, benefit, really, you ever get tired of being a cliche. The, <laughs> the only thing good that came away from it was the five dollar champagne that they were bringing oh, over. To that's us. that's <laughs> after they rejected they me from the mimosa gonna, bar. I was going to say they didn't. Didn't they tell us at one point, yeah, you got to go get it yourself? Yeah. Or at the- and I went to go get it, and the guy was like, you got to pay for it. And I was like, well, I'm going to not do that. <laughs> but <laughs> I, will tell, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, a storm was moving in, and it was looking ugly on this island. Yeah. And the line to get off the island was massive. Because this well, is a okay, tender Yeah, bias. there's that other We have a story with Hold that, Hold on. Too. Let me finish what I'm saying. Yeah. But because I was concierge... Dustin and I were in concierge. Felix was there. He's like, no, you don't wait on that line. And they literally walked us to the front. And I, these guys could have come with, but they chose to stay. And here's what happened when we stayed. So we're in that room still, and they come over to us like 20 minutes after you've left, and they were like, oh, you guys are still in here. And they're like, 
I think we're evacuating the island. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you evacuating. think you're evacuating the island? So we were like, we got to go. And there was the line. I was like, well, this is a quick evacuation because we stood in line for 20 more minutes to get on the boat. So not only that, but then we found out that they weren't actually evacuating the island uh, right. and that the guy was just trying to kick us out of the cabana. Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted to wrap up early. Because he just wanted to be done. But to be honest, it was worth it was worthwhile to get off because the tender process does take a while. For those of you who don't know what tendering is, that your boat's parked out, your ship... Oh, my gosh, I made a rhino How mistake. How dare you? Uh, your <laughs> ship's parked out still in the middle of the sea, and then you have to take smaller boats. Well, not in the middle of the sea. You're a few hundred yards offshore. Miles and, and miles, <laughs> and uh, you can't even see it. It's so far away. And so it's just a very long process getting on and off the ship while you're at Coco Key. And then you get off there, you at least would hope that you would have good food. But the buffet they serve on Coco Key is pretty bad, too. You're better off just eating on the ship. Uh, so, yeah, Coco Key is essentially a thumbs down yeah. for Versus me. Castaway <laughs> Key, which is like one of the things I look most yeah. forward to like on If they a would Disney. build a hotel and on that this island. This is not just true of Coco Key in the Bahamas, but of the one that they have off the coast of Haiti. I can't yeah. think of the name of it. Um, that one also is, you know, Disappointment Island. Uh, this, <laughs> this, you know, Coco Key is Sadness Island, the one off Haiti is Disappointment <laughs> Island. And, and honestly, is there another one, the Island is, of Despair? <laughs> honestly, that is more about if you haven't been to Castaway Key, then you're probably not going to be disappointed in these islands. But if you have been to Castaway Key, I'm sorry, no other, not in my experience anyway, no other cruise line comes close to Disney with Castaway Key. Again, part of why you're paying a premium. And I can see where the value, if you, if you have the money and can afford Disney, that's my recommendation because it's a much better experience overall, especially with families. Uh, if you don't or can't or don't want to spend that money on Disney, I certainly would recommend uh, to couples, singles, older couples, and empty nesters, I could recommend this. But to families, go in knowing these caveats. The, ki- the ch- children's services are not present. And if they are, they're woefully inadequate. And uh, this is not a cruise designed for families. So, you know, that's not necessarily a deal breaker for everybody. But if you're looking for that Disney experience, don't go on this particular ship. The other ones, or at least where even on the Jewel, I noticed that there seemed to be a very engaged kids program. Um, whereas that was not, pre- I did not see that on this. But yeah, with, I do want to say with Coco Key, I didn't get on Castaway Key until this past December on Podcast Cruise. That was my first time there. I did Coco Key before that, and I got off the ship the first time saying, it's it's actually not that bad here. And all I heard was, no, this is awful. Just wait till you get to Castaway Key. And now it makes sense. But for a first-timer who's never seen it, yeah. it's not that bad. Uh, your other stop is uh, the Nassau, or Bahamas, Nassau, Bahamas. Uh, and this is a unique one because you get into port at 7 a.m. and you don't leave until midnight. So you literally have the entire day in Nassau. Uh, so how do you fill your day? Well, there's lots of stuff you can do, like going to Atlantis, just walking around the shopping plaza. Uh, Pete came up with the idea of doing something a little more unique with our trip and actually getting away from all these areas and getting driven around uh, 
by a private car completely changed my perspective of NASA. A hundred percent. Yeah. I never liked it before. I have been on record for years saying that NASA is a slum and that I don't even bother getting off the ship. Uh, If your only point is to do shopping or go into that, that port area, then I stand by that. But getting, taking a car and driving around the island, um, it just a whole new appreciation. It's actually quite beautiful. Yeah, especially I when really we're driving like past like a Saudi prince's mansion or something like that. That that portion of the island where they had some really expensive. Well, even going homes. over to the cloisters and seeing mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of driving around to some of these different the areas, seeing cave. some of the beaches, the, cave, the cliffs when we climbed down the cliff too. Yeah, the, the pirate road. hole. Yeah, I don't know what it was called. I just <laughs> called it, it was a pirate, pirate hole. hole. I'm sorry, that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, I I think there's a lot of things called. I can do with Pirate Hole, but <laughs> and have, but <laughs> no, it's absolutely. Well, it's a Universal Show. We're allowed to work a little more blue here, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> absolutely. No, I I hated Nassau. I only got off of it, uh, got off the ship once in all my times going there, and this time just completely changed that. I want. I want them to drive me to safe places in the middle of nowhere that you can just explore and go and see something different because it is a beautiful island. There's who was the celebrity that they kept touting? Well, I know they filmed. We got to go to the area where they partially filmed uh, Jaws for the Revenge. So (laughs) that was cool. It was Michael Caine that lived there, right? Or was it Sean? Sean Connery? It was Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. Michael Caine had, there was this scene where Michael Caine had filmed that they took us yes. to, and then it was Sean Connery's house was like That's right, right. Na- right Michael near there. Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> so there are really beautiful aspects of Nassau, so we can't highly recommend enough to actually get a get a private car and just go explore. And be it's aware. It's an entirely different experience. Be aware if you, I don't know if they do it through the ship, but if you don't do it through the ship, you're also responsible to get back to the ship before well, it leaves. This is, yes. this, is a, this is true on any cruise line. If you are doing a shore excursion through the trip and, and, or through the cruise, and sometimes they have the rent-a-car-for-the-day type thing available, uh, then if something happens and you're delayed getting back on the ship, they're going to wait for you. If you are doing it on your own and you are not back on by the all-aboard, they will leave without you. And trust me, it is really expensive because it's your responsibility to get yourself to the next stop. And chances are you don't have a passport with you. You don't have everything you would need with you. And it's really the stories. There are a lot of nightmare stories out there. So be mindful. We did not book through the cruise. I went ahead and did this. But when I do that, I make sure I end these things a minimum of two hours before all aboard. And luckily, minimum yeah. of two hours. We had plenty of time that day. Yeah, yeah, we had eight hours that we still could have wandered around on there. Uh, thank goodness for the storms that came in. Uh, but that's that was our experience in a nutshell. So let's get our final opinions on the overall experience. I'm going to start with Jenny Lynn. Um, I, I have to agree with what Pete mentioned earlier. It's I don't really see this as a family cruise. Um, I probably personally, I would like to go on another cruise, but it wouldn't be one that I would want to take my children on because very frankly, I think that they would be bored and I would have to be entertaining them the entire time. And when I'm on a cruise, I don't want to have that type of, you know, um, 
I don't want to say burden, but I, I want to be able to relax myself. And I know on this one, I would c probably be continually hearing about, you know, there's nothing to do, <laughs> blah, 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 because it is a lot about the casinos and the drinking. And I don't want my kids watching American Sniper up on the, you know, movie up by the, by the pool. However, with all of that being said, I did enjoy myself, but I enjoyed myself as a single yeah. Yeah. woman. Right. Um, it, it certainly was, you know, a great cruise, a great time. So would I do it again? Yes. Would I have invested the money to take my children? No. Good. Rhino? Um, I think I had a better time than everybody else, maybe. I, I mean, maybe not better than Jalen, but... Um, you know, I went, uh, she, there was a singles mixer for, so we were like, let's go check that out. So I wanted to accompany her so she yeah. didn't disappear into the ocean. Um, <laughs> and um, we had an interesting experience that evening. Um, but uh, I, I've only done one other cruise and it was a Disney cruise. It was the Disney Wonder. It was um, like five years ago. And to be honest, I left that cruise thinking like I didn't explore the ship enough. It was just overwhelming. I was with Eli, who was a very experienced cruiser. So, um, we had a wonderful time, but I left thinking, like, I didn't do everything I was supposed to. Whereas when we left the Enchantment, I thought, okay, I covered this ship completely. And we, I feel like we should preface this, too. Like, it was, like, I, what I call, like, a bad luck weekend um, because Saturday when, when we got to the Bahamas, there was a lot of storms. But also the Nassau port was under a lot of construction, so that mall isn't there. So it's not super – it's a weird – it's a weird first impression you get when you get there. It's you called it a slum before, but that's definitely the first impression you get when you get there because everything's torn up. Um, and then um, the, when we went to Coco Key again, storms and everything like that. And like I thought it was cool, but we didn't explore the island, so I didn't get to see any of the island or anything. But if this, I don't know if this was my first cruise. If I would say, yeah, let's do another one. I think I would have left thinking maybe this isn't for me. Um, but I mean, I had a I had a good time um, with some friends and um, you know you guys and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think it's right not for families, but I think if it's just a couple or a single, they might have they might enjoy themselves. Dustin, yeah, I think you know I think that you know our age group probably was the key demo yeah. on this particular I don't know sailing or this particular cruise, but. Um, I think that, um, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole the, the family issue because that doesn't pertain to me. In terms of the cruise and the ship itself, the one thing that I wish that it had more of was dining options. Um, I feel like especially on a four-night cruise, not so bad. But if this had been like a seven-night cruise, I probably would have got tired yeah. of the same old thing every day. So um, that's one of my major complaints um, just in terms of the, the ship and the sailing itself is I wish it had uh, dining options and everything else that we've mentioned throughout the show. Uh, oh. Yeah. No, I agree. I could do this as a three-night cruise or a four-night cruise and not really have that much of an issue with it. Uh, you know, it, it would just be a fun party time, obviously. This time it was for work, so I got to enjoy an experience, but didn't go crazy or anything. Uh, kept it pretty low-key, still had some good experience with it. Uh, absolutely with the family aspect. If you're going to be going on a Royal Caribbean ship with this universal land and sea, try to do whatever you can to do the seven night on the freedom because then you benefit from uh, better kids areas just more to do and then also even aspects like the dreamworks characters 
coming in through the uh, the promenade area and having that interaction with them too. So there there are kid friendly options besides uh, with the other Royal Caribbean ships, just not so much the Enchantment of the Seas. But as a person in my age range. If I had the money to do like one of the unlimited alcohol packages and booked a cheap stateroom and was just going to have a, a fun three days you won't really remember after it's said and done, then it's an option. But uh, that's about what I can say for it. Pete? Well, as I said, uh, right now, the state of it, I would not recommend this to families, uh, mainly because of the points that I, I made before. I do think Universal needs to take either a leadership role or an ownership role in what is offered on this particular cruise since they are partnering with them and they have they have the resources to put something on this ship whether it's point. crew or uh, you know whether it's team members or characters or something universal needs to take an ownership role in that and either partner with royal caribbean to do something or I don't know, but Something. you can't yeah. sell this. You can't as a as a family destination. You cannot sell a land sea and have this be the experience that kids are going to have when they get on the ship. You can't. Okay, so you you need to work that out because that to me is glaring, and that will be the thing that prevents this from truly being successful. Um, I enjoyed the cruise. In spite of some of these other my, these other issues that we pointed out, I thought as an adult without kids, I thought this was great. I thought the casino was fantastic, really enjoyable. I thought the food was above average uh, based on the cruises I've been on. This was I've been on 37, 38 cruises now, um, and I found the food on this ship to be above average. I thought the ship was in excellent shape. I think it was beautiful. Um, well maintained. I thought the, the staterooms were very nice. Well maintained. They could ma- they could do something nicer with the beds, but for the price point and what what you're getting, I think you get a real value here, a real value. It is not Disney. It is not Disney, and there's a reason Disney is more expensive. And if you've done Disney before and you do this, you'll see that. Uh, that being said, just because it's not Disney doesn't mean it's not good. Um, and I, you know, at the end of the day. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm booked to be back on this ship in September. So obviously, I mean, for me, that's all about you know, nice stateroom and the casino, and some decent food. You know, it's yeah. cheaper than going to Vegas. <laughs> um, so, but that's my motivation behind it. So I do want people to understand I did like it, and I do think it's a good ship, and I think there's some some work they can do with the crew. There's some work they can do with the kids area. Uh, but generally speaking, um, depending on your situation, you know, I can recommend it just not to families. Oh, perfectly said. So thank you so much, everyone, for uh, helping out with this segment. And this, of course, is the last episode of our special series on universal land and sea packages i'm gonna miss you i know it's gonna it's like the last day of camp it's it's been a fun week and uh hopefully we'll keep in touch we probably won't what kind of camp Uh, i'm not sure but a special camp uh so with that that's going to do it for this special universal land and sea episode we'll be back next time with just more universal orlando garbage talking about not garbage great stuff so thanks for watching and remember royalty is universal.